yo, yo, it's Matt Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. And you are listening to the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet me for the love of God, I'm blacking out, I'm blacking out, I just blacked out. Time for another round of the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. This is Too Sweet. Welcome to the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. I am Brett Blakemore. To my left is a wall, center wall, right wall, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's the one of the last alone shows that I'm doing, hopefully, fingers crossed here, uh, in the temporary studio again, even though it sounds a lot better. Uh, but you got to do what you got to do. And it's been a pretty eventful week in wrestling. I knew I had to get something out there. And... I'm so determined to get something out there that I'm breaking one of my own rules. I I never want to post something before a SmackDown or a Raw, but this week has just been so eventful. I know I'm going to be busy later this week, so I'm sorry, SmackDown, you're not getting in on this week's. And even, you know how biased I am against Finn Balor, or for Finn Balor, excuse me, and still... It's not going to make it onto the show. Uh, but trust me, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, let's just get right into this. First of all, coming up in a few minutes, if the industry is a battlefield, which I'm about to talk about, WWE has just made their first mistake. That's coming up in a few minutes. Right now, AEW Double or Nothing, that's the biggest story in wrestling right now. It's trending worldwide. It was a few days ago, and it absolutely changed the landscape of wrestling, whether you want to admit it or not. Even the new signee, John Moxley, called it a war. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. So now that we're entering this new era of wrestling, this new era of the industry, I wanted to lay down a few ground rules, let everyone know what the stance is of the podcast and kind of make my allegiances known before we get into this war, because it is going to just pick up from here. Firstly, this is a wrestling podcast. It's not a WWE podcast. It's not an AEW podcast. It's not a New Japan podcast or Ring of Honor. Certainly not an Impact. That's the only one I'm really anti is Impact. Uh, I'm of the belief that good wrestling is good wrestling no matter where it comes from, except for Impact. It's I'm admittedly very pro-AEW. That's... I 100% am out there, but that's because I'm pro competition. I want variety. I want, I think the more competition, the better both products. It pushes both products to be better. History has shown that with the Monday Night Wars. More competition, the better. I'm very pro competition, and that's why I'm really pro AEW. I just want some variety. I think, you know, the more competition, the better the products. Secondly, I have a ton of problems with WWE. I think this is well known. I have some problems with AEW. There are things on Double or Nothing I did not like. I'm making that plainly obvious, and I'll actually get into that uh, later on in the show. But when I'm critical of these companies, it is not me making a stand of, I am pro AEW, I'm pro WWE. It is me just calling things like I see it. If I have a problem with something, I'm going to say it. It's not indicative of the talent or the workers, or you know the performers in that company, whatever you want to call them, sports entertainers, it's not indicative of that. There are people in WWE, I'm about to criticize WWE very shortly here. 
And there are people in WWE who I genuinely think are some of the best workers in the world, who I respect tremendously. A lot of them, actually. An overwhelming majority, I think, are incredible workers. So when I talk about how bad the main roster is, or just how bad Vince is or WWE is as a company, that's not indicative of what I think of every single talent that's on the show. It's not me talking trash about AJ Styles. It's me saying, well, look, I don't like this, and here's why. I'm going to try to the best of my ability to keep the show as balanced as possible, but the one thing I will not do is pretend to like something about either WWE or AEW that I don't like for the sake of keeping it balanced. I would rather be honest in how I feel, and there there are things that I like and don't like on both brands as it stands right now. There's only been one AEW show, but I'm not going to fake something in order to keep it balanced. If, if, if AEW has three great angles going and it will fill up all my topics, then so be it. If WWE has an incredible storyline going and I am passionate about it and it fills up the show, so be it. And that's the beauty of competition. But I'm not going to force things into the show for the sake of balance, but I will try to be as fair as possible in my thoughts, if that makes sense. Um, anyways, I just wanted to get that out in the air, because we're about to get into a very exciting time of wrestling. Uh, and speaking of that, coming up in a few minutes, one match proved that wrestling can be more than a soap opera, and it could be a glimpse into the future of the industry. And that's coming up in a few minutes. Right now, look, if the industry is a battlefield, WWE just made their first mistake. Something we've talked about at length on the show. We've talked about it for weeks, more than I'd care to admit. The money in the bank used to be something important, the briefcase. Putting it on a superstar used to mean something. It used to be something you could use that would bring up superstars. Edge made a Hall of Fame career out of winning the money in the bank briefcase. He made an entire persona on winning that money in the bank briefcase. It's just not what that's not what it is anymore. That's not what Vince wants it to be anymore. And it's a real shame. Since Seth Rollins won in 2015, so cash it in in 2015. The Money in the Bank briefcase was used on superstars who either didn't need it or it was just serving to get Roman Reigns over. The last 3 have been total disasters. Baron Corbin at one point was supposed to get a little push with it and then Vince got cold feet and just Nope. It was all gone. A total waste. Could have been on any other, any other person in that match. They put it on Baron Corbin. They thought they were confident in him, and then one little thing happened, and they said, nope, not anymore. Total waste of a money in the bank. Braun Strowman won because of a slogan. And now Brock Lesnar wins because of a slogan. Money in the bank isn't about building a star anymore. It's about selling t-shirts with a catchphrase. Monster in the bank beast in the bank. God forbid this Brock party. Ugh. Talk about cringe heat. I mean, this this is something you turn off the TV for, and frankly, I did. This is just simply insulting. This is insulting to the fans, but it's mostly insulting to the talent. Imagine being Finn Balor right now. I would be hard-pressed to find someone who didn't think that Finn Balor took most of the bumps and all of the biggest bumps in that match. That sunset flip over the top of the ladder onto another ladder was one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. 
there were a ton of people, not just Finn, because I'm very biased towards Finn, but there's a ton of people. Ricochet went through a ladder. Uh, Ali had some crazy spots. I mean, all of the talent that was in that match put their bodies on the line just to have a chance of being the money in the bank. Uh, Obviously, they put their bodies on the line to put on a show for the fans. But even that, if if I have to take that ladder bump that Finn Balor took... And you tell me, oh, Brock's just going to come out and he's going to win. I'm going to be furious. Brock Lesnar, he hasn't even got off the couch since a three-minute match at WrestleMania. Just strolls on out and wins without an effort. After so many people in that match put their bodies on the line just to put on a show for everyone, and you put the Money in the Bank briefcase on someone who literally is the epitome of death doesn't need it. I said last year that Braun Strowman doesn't need it. I thought Finn needed it more. I thought Rollins needed it more. Uh, and he was Intercontinental Champion at the time, I'm pretty sure. There, almost everyone in that match needed it more than Braun Strowman. But why did he win? Because a monster in the bank could sell t-shirts. Why build up stars when you can just sell t-shirts? This is a giant middle finger to every single talent that worked their ass off. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I think booking of the Money in the Bank briefcase is something that can build careers. And yet, we're seeing WWE is only interested in making old part-timers relevant again. Okay, coming up in a few minutes, we've got the jobbers and aces of the week, plural, because of the new format. Uh, But right now, one match in particular proved that Wrestling can be more than a soap opera, could be a glimpse into the future of the industry. And for my money, the best match of the night from Double of Nothing, Double of Nothing, Double of Nothing, uh, the best match of the night from Double or Nothing was the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Not only did it have a ton of creative, death-defying spots, something that literally made me jump out of the couch multiple times that match, Uh, But it was storytelling at its finest. Now, I hear all you wrestling purists say, oh, well, they had zero buildup and there was no weekly promo next to them. It's storytelling in the ring. It's it's literally in-ring storytelling. In my opinion, uh, the best storytelling that there is. Uh, The story of the match was the Bucks being rusty after practically taking a half year off. They constantly had miscues, mistakes, uh, running into each other, uh, accidentally hitting each other like that double foot stomp on the back, um, getting really just getting the crap kicked out of them because of it. Uh, they eventually hit their stride and were able to win. Now, I believe that this is the new wave of wrestling. Uh, too often, in my opinion, you see matches with very personal stakes and very personal rivalries, and then they just kind of fight, and that's kind of it. There are momentum swings, but not really storytelling points. Uh, Let me try to explain. In most WWE matches, the good guy gets beat up, then he fires up, he gets momentum, the crowd starts clapping faster, and he pulls out a win. This isn't really a story. And if you consider it a story, I understand, but if it is a story, it's a story that's been told a thousand times. It's a story that's told every week on Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown Live, it's something that we've seen time in and time out. The Young Bucks, for a whole year, 
had a story specifically in the ring about Matt's injured back. For a whole year, it wasn't promos. It wasn't getting rabies shots in the back like Dean Ambrose because he's afraid of getting infected by you people. It was in-ring storytelling about how it affected their matches and what they did to combat it for an entire year. It was a constant story thread throughout New Japan, throughout Ring of Honor, Every match hinged on it. They had a match in New Japan where Nick hit his leg. I'm pretty sure it was Wrestle Kingdom, by the way. Where Nick hit his leg on the ring post. He missed a kick, hit the ring post, and couldn't do any super kicks. Now, again, I hear you. Brett, people work body parts all the time. That's that's just everyday wrestling. Don't know why you have a southern accent, but you know that's what we're going to go with. And you're right. People work body parts all the time. Half the time, people forget what body part was being worked. I've If I had a nickel for every time I turned on Monday Night Raw and I saw someone working a leg and then they limp with the wrong leg or they just run and do some crazy spot and you're just like, okay, well, it looks like the leg's fine. That's not how these matches operate. These matches are stories in themselves. You don't have to have scripted promos. You don't have to have custody battles or shampoo commercials or our truth in a wig. You don't need any of that to be able to tell a great story in the ring. You want proof? Go order Double or Nothing or look it up on YouTube. I'd say buy it, but you know, I understand. And watch full through the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. You will not be disappointed. I believe that this style of wrestling is the wave of the future. It's an art form, and it's going to be something you have to look out for in AEW. All right, it's time for Jobbers and Aces of the Week. Time for the Jobber of the Week. The first Jobber of the Week is Monday Night Raw. Now, I'm recording right after Monday Night Raw, and let me tell you, it was tough to watch. Uh, I tuned out almost immediately. Um, I turned the channel to the Stanley Cup Final because that was... Light years more entertaining than Brock Lesnar dancing with a boombox on his shoulder. Um, a bold move, I would say. It was a question asked on Twitter a lot whether or not Raw would address AEW, or not address it like, oh, well, now we've got competition. But you can tell creatively whether or not they care about uh, now they have competition. It's, they're going to be on weekly television, probably competing with SmackDown most likely. And it looked like creative just kind of mailed it in. It looked like another cookie-cutter standard show. Nothing about this show made me go, oh my god, I've got to tune in to Raw. I did. I said that with Double or Nothing. I paid $50 to watch Double or Nothing. I, I couldn't have cared less about Raw tonight. And my point, it, not every Raw is going to be this great show, but I will say that it at what point is cookie cutter mail it in raws enough to make you tune out? I'm almost finding my limit. I probably would have if I don't do this show. Um, okay. Time for the jobber of the week. My next jobber and not jobber and ace. My next jobber of the week, jobbers, is kind of two for one here. Uh, and this comes from AEW. So, all you people saying I was biased, here's something that really pissed me off when it came to Double or Nothing. Uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I'm sure that both of you are good workers, 
But one of my biggest pet peeves in the industry is people that have names that aren't names. I feel like in 2019, you should have a name. Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, Matt Nick Jackson, Chris Jericho. And then you have Jungle Boy? Jungle Boy sounds like a generic character that you'd see on 2K next to Baron Blade, and you're having some sort of crazy, I, some indie show for, what was it, BW, B, BEW, BCW, that's what it was. Uh, Jungle Boy is just, and then Luchasaurus, Lu, literally someone put on a dinosaur mask and said Luchasaurus, because it's a mask and a dinosaur. If that's not like the laziest character development, I don't know what is, but honestly, those two things really rub me the wrong way. There are a few other things on Double or Nothing that I didn't like. Not anything worthy enough of jobber, Jobbers of the Week, but Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy need name changes immediately, especially if they're going to be on TNT. Time for the Jobber of the Week. My final Jobber of the Week is Fanboys. Now, this is this goes both ways. I think... I've talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show, but I don't believe in absolutes in wrestling. I don't think that one company is all good or all bad. I think there are countless people in WWE who are incredible performers. Something If you told me they're showing up, I'm going. I think the same thing about AEW. But when you have such a hard stance and you won't hear any other argument that's not oh, well, WWE is the greatest thing that's ever lived, and that other indie show is is it's just an indie show. WWE doesn't care. Or the other way around, that WWE is the worst thing ever, and it's just awful, and I'll never watch it, and AEW is the best thing. Since I think dealing in absolutes doesn't really make sense in the wrestling industry. There are things that are good. There are things that are bad, unless you're talking about impact. I don't like the hard stance and that's something i'm going to try to avoid uh moving forward in this show time for the ace of the week unfortunately due to uh me recording this before smackdown i do have to say none of the aces are from wwe i'm sorry but raw gave me nothing gave me nothing it's, oh, Ricochet finally won after two weeks of losing in a row. Like, hooray. Thanks, Creative, for that, Jim. Um, anyways, first ace is Dustin Rhodes. Now, I'm not saying that... I'm not pro or anti-blading. I think if if it makes sense in the story, it makes sense in the story. I, I think it kind of... It made sense in the match. I'm not sure it made sense in the story, but it was fine. I thought it was fine. It's something different, and that's what AEW needs to be. The reason he's an ace is because this man has not been on TV for WWE in I don't know how long. Goldust has been gone for a long time. And you come out to a sold-out arena in Las Vegas and put on, for my money, a pretty good match. I don't wouldn't say great, it was, but it was a solid match. It kept me entertained, I'll put it that way. And that's all you can really do for a match. 50 years old, and you can do that on the spot, my hat's off to you. And that's why he gets an ace of the week. Time for the ace of the week. Kind of along the same vein, I think Chris Jericho is an easy choice for another ace of the week. And Again, if you're 50-plus and you can go main event and beat Kenny Omega, now, I will say the match didn't really do it for me. 
it was a little bit sloppy. And I something about Chris Jericho beating up Kenny Omega to me makes my brain just kind of shut off. It's like, eh, I don't know about that. But I will say that you can still tear down the house, have a He's still a tremendous innovator. I mean, the entrance alone shows how much he's innovated over the years with the list of Jericho and the Lionheart. The dude just gets it. He understands. And what he lacks, maybe, in athletic prowess, he makes up for in his character. It's even more so now. And he's going to get an AEW world title shot because of it. So, yeah, ace of the week, Chris Jericho. Time for the Ace of the Week. Finally, my last Ace of the Week is Chris Jericho's opponent, Hangman Page. The reason for this is because I think AEW is really trying to push him to be a star. If you watch the little documentary they had before the bell, they really tried to push that Hangman Page is a star. This guy is going to be the next biggest thing. Honestly, I get it. I think he's incredibly solid. The reason he's the ace of the week is because he's got this tremendous opportunity ahead of him. I think he's going to do it. If it were me booking AEW, which is why I'm sitting here and not booking AEW, I put the title on Hangman Page. I think that he is a elite OG, if you will. Uh, Chris Jericho kind of came in. He's a WWE guy who then came to All Elite Wrestling, and he did some New Japan stuff. Hangman Page is one of their own. And it would be a great message to send to the industry that we're making stars at AEW. We're not just sticking with Brock Lesnar the entire time and putting money in the bank on him for no reason at all. doesn't make any sense, but whatever. I'm not salty about it. You are. We're actually making stars. We're saying, this guy, we can make him into something, and we're going to prove it. We're going to make stars here. We're not going to just rehash old things. We are going to make stars. They could have easily, easily put the title on Kenny Omega. That would have been fine. Everyone would have been okay with it. No one would have had a real problem with it. But if they put the title on Hangman Page, the first ever AEW champion, that is a statement to the wrestling industry. It's a statement I could get behind. Anyways, that is going to do it for the Too Sweet Wrestling Podcast. You can follow me, Brett Blakemore, at B underscore Blakemore 10. You can follow the podcast at Too Sweet Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts. We are there. Until next week, stay too sweet.